Welcome to the podcast for emerging and blue-collar leaders. This is The Growth Project. G'day, everyone. Welcome back to The Growth Project. Thanks for tuning in from wherever it is that you're listening from. I've been lucky enough, actually, to hear from some people in the last couple of weeks while I've been out and about on the road uh, for, for my day job. And I'm hearing from people on LinkedIn. I'm hearing from people on Facebook and um, email as well, which is really, really cool. I had some good good conversations. And uh, for, for people who know me as well, having some great conversations in person about all the things that we're talking about here on the podcast. So I would really encourage if, uh, if anyone has any thoughts or, um, or just wants to engage in some discussion, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. So uh, just for my details again, I'll give those uh, email addresses, jason at growthproject.com.au. You can find me, Jason Van Cole, on LinkedIn. Um, and growth Pro- the Growth Project uh, Facebook page is also uh, available for messaging through there as well. So don't hesitate. Reach out. I love hearing from people. And I've also had some interesting appearances as well. So if you've got some thoughts and ideas or you, or you really want, want an opportunity to talk about some of your values and experiences, please don't hesitate to reach out. And we might be able to set up a chat and uh, get you on for an episode. That would be really cool. So please reach out. I... I'm not doing, I'm not really consciously doing a series, but last episode was all, uh, was a solo episode and it was around, I guess, um, emotional regulation and how to keep your cool during conflict because we, we explored the reasons why that gets challenging for us. So, and you might recall that I, I made a point that you won't always get things right. You won't always handle things the way you want to. And this is what we're going to continue talking about today. So the concept we're talking about today is rupture and repair. So we might have a rupture. We've we've had uh, some conflict. We've engaged with it. And we haven't quite handled things the way that we'd like. And uh, we now have a situation. So what I want to talk about is what what is the really important steps to want to take now to repair the situation and repair the relationship so that we can perhaps undo any damage we might have done so that those don't become permanent scars in that working relationship? This is a really critical part of developing your emotional intelligence. So I'm going to explore the reasons why repair is so critical and really it's in the interest of building trusting working relationships. And we're going to talk about how you might approach that as well because even people who are highly skilled in navigating conflict can sometimes mishandle a situation. That's not uncommon. And and I explained that you need to go easy on yourself and, and self-reflect on these situations. That's really a great thing to do. But what's the next step after that? because there are a couple of things that we need to be very mindful of to keep our relationships on track. We know that conflict can be messy. It can be challenging. 
What's also important to remember is that conflict isn't always necessarily a negative thing. If we strip conflict back to really what it means, we're not just talking about situations that get heated. We're talking about situations where there might be different differing opinions. Uh, there might be uh, different suggestions for a particular problem, and we need to figure out how we're going to proceed. Finding our way forward, this is navigating conflict. Okay, so even with the best of intentions, we might not handle situations the way that we'd want to. However, we can use these opportunities for growth and for forming deeper connections with our teams. Definitely not always easy, but when we do embrace that discomfort, I guess really coming down to being accountable for your own actions and acknowledging the impact of any situations that have gotten out of hand or become really messy, we can restore trust and strengthen these relationships again. It's important to remember that. It's important not to uh, just resign to the fact that damage has been done and accepting it and then limping through that relationship for the rest of our careers or a project or whatever it might be. That's not what we want. We need to make we need to find ways to repair these relationships as we go. So there are there are many studies out there that support this that have shown and found that effective conflict uh, conflict resolution skills and the ability to repair ruptured relationships between colleagues uh, or could be team member and, and leader this can have a positive impact on job satisfaction and productivity, retention, and team cohesion, if you think about how that can uh, uh, apply or, or translate to performance, there are clear links here. So this is something that's really worthwhile spending some effort on in developing in your own skill set. Conflict is inevitable in any workplace, in any personal relationship even. It is inevitable it's not realistic to think that we will go through our careers without conflict. In fact, I would say within my business, I don't want my business to be conflict-free because these are opportunities for innovation, growth as a business, uh, becoming more, more sophisticated and advanced in the way we do things. Ideas get fleshed out in conflict situations and we need to embrace that. We need to see the opportunity it presents. What we need to do is have the skills to navigate these situations in a way that we're harnessing it for good and not getting sucked into a spiraling situation. So you might recall in a very early episode that I did, I discussed the foundations of leadership and in particular, I discussed authenticity and integrity. I guess you could say that what we're talking about today really is branching off from these two points here. So this is where it gets uncomfortable for us as leaders, and that is accountability. Sometimes we think accountability doesn't apply to us as leaders to some extent. We don't answer to our teams. That's the mindset we can find ourselves in because for some, it can be a really challenging notion to admit to your direct reports or your team that you were wrong, that you may have been wrong or, or handled a situation not, not well. And some of us might 
feel like we're setting a dangerous precedent where whereby you're losing the power or giving up power or authority that comes with being a leader. But I'm going to challenge this and suggest that we need to snap out of that way of thinking because power and authority, these are not tools that we're interested in using to lead people. So let's explore what tools we do want to use. Ultimately, what we want to achieve is we want to build trust among our team. And there are so many different ways to build trust and repairing ruptures is a really important one and a very, very powerful one. Having the ability to admit when you're wrong and taking accountability for your actions. Maybe there's been a situation if you can acknowledge and accept and take ownership for your part in these situations that escalate, this helps build trust with your team. If you can acknowledge your mistakes and you can show some humility and and some authenticity, this can enhance from your team's perspective, this can enhance their confidence in your leadership and the way they frame you and the way they see you as their leader. We also want to foster a growth mindset. Embracing accountability allows you and and your team, for that matter, it allows you and your team to foster a growth mindset, which is essential for personal and professional growth. And this is what we want to see in people, not in not just yourself, but people around you. When you acknowledge your mistakes, you create a culture that values learning and it values continuous improvement. And any any leader who doesn't want that, I think you really need to stop and, and have a think about why. Because this is where we start to see performance really skyrocket in a team. These tend to have the effect of um, really building a sense of integrity. So people will see you as a person with integrity who always acts with integrity. And all of these things we're talking about, when a team are led by a person who demonstrates these qualities, they tend to take on those qualities themselves. We spoke last episode about how, and the episode before, about how people tend to absorb and take on some of the skill, the behaviors that they're seeing around them, and in particular from their leader. So it all starts with how we conduct ourselves. Leaders who hold themselves accountable set an example for their team and and everyone in their team to do the same uh, because it demonstrates integrity and it, it demonstrates ethical behavior. And these are crucial for creating a positive working environment amongst your team and high standards of performance and high standards of communication because we really, really want to need to encourage open communication. And it starts with in these in, in this context of rupture and repair, it starts with admitting your mistakes. When you admit your mistakes, this encourages open and honest communication between your team members. And that's what we really want. If you're a leader, you're trying to deal with problems. You're trying to get to the bottom of things. You're trying to find out where things are at. You, If you want to have a good sense that you're really getting 
Uh, you've really got a hold of what's happening. You've really got your finger on the pulse. You need to know and you need to have a level of confidence that the communication you're getting back is honest and it's open. Otherwise, you can't really gauge whether what you're getting is a true reflection of what's really happening around you. So it's important to remember that when your direct reports see that you're willing to take responsibility for your actions, they're much more likely to feel comfortable in sharing their own concerns and their and their mistakes and maybe admitting to mistakes or coming to you with with mistakes that they've made or problems that they may have found or caused uh, or even just ideas without any fear of repercussions or being judged or penalized in some way. This is where we start to really empower our teams because taking accountability and responsibility when things don't go well doesn't diminish your power. It doesn't diminish your authority. And again, I did say before that I don't want to use these as tools, but in some in some ways, when I'm talking about managing, managing, which I see is very different to leading, managing and leading are not the same thing. So parent authority sometimes become a factor in management and sometimes they're a necessary um, not, I wouldn't even say tool. Sometimes, sometimes the power and authority needs to be utilized in terms of decision making. Um, but we want to empower our team to admit their mistakes, like we do, or like we will, because when they start becoming and feeling empowered to drive decisions and to drive innovation and to drive their own development. Uh, this is where we start to see these this creeping into the success of our teams. So not only can collaboration lead to process improvement, performance improvement, can these often happen because of the strengthening sense of teamwork and the sense of community. Um, And one of the really important things that it does too is it starts to build a more resilient team. We start to close resilience gaps where, and these resilience gaps are often what lead into conflict situations that can escalate. So a culture of accountability, I guess where I'm getting to, it helps us build resilient teams that can be much better equipped for navigating challenges and problems and better adapt to change, which we all know can be a really, really hard thing to to keep a team facing north when we're affected by change. But when leaders take responsibility for their own actions, it sets the tone for the entire team to take ownership and to work collectively towards overcoming any obstacles and achieving any shared goals that you might have or or vision that you have for your team. So as a leader, one of the most, I guess, challenging parts of your job is to build an environment of trust amongst your team and form strong connections between people. And this might sound all warm and fluffy and irrelevant, but it really is smart to recognize the opportunity that these situations present to you in regard to 
I guess whatever your leadership mission is, whatever whatever your why is that we mentioned earlier in the series at the very very start, you can't get there without those solid relationships between team members. It's just not going to happen for you because you'll find yourself constantly putting out spot fires and chasing your tail, just trying to keep people interacting well enough to avoid conflict. That's not what we're happy with. We're not happy enough with that. We are wanting our team to be actively striving. So here's a suggestion. If you've had a rupture, the first thing you want to do is to wait until some dust has settled before you go ahead and attempt a repair. You might feel an urge to to try and patch things up straight away if something has escalated, but when emotions are when emotions are still high, then this is exactly the time not to do this. It's not going to have the effect that you'd like it's likely to inflame the situation more. So the very first thing, number one, that I suggest is to wait. Let the dust settle before we attempt a repair, okay? We need to give it some room to breathe. The next thing is that once we feel that things have calmed, we can simply follow up with the person and this is where we need to start taking some accountability. Now, I'm not saying that the other person doesn't need to be accountable. That can be a part of the follow-up as well, but it's important for us to detach from that and also take accountability for our own contribution to the problem. I think it's naive to think that when we encounter problems in the workplace, that a leader hasn't in some way either played a part in how things have panned out or could have uh, provided some kind of intervention or uh, I guess lending some emotional intelligence to the situation to or, or to foster some problem solving to try and keep things on track. In a lot of cases, if I think back to over most, if not all situations, really tricky situations that I've had to deal with as a leader where things might not have gone to plan, Almost always I have played some role in it. I've had some hand in it, whether it was a direct contribution or a lack thereof. So you need to be honest with yourself to acknowledge your own part in this because that's the only way you've got an opportunity to demonstrate some uh, accountability and integrity. So what you want to do next is really simple. You want to follow up with the person Demonstrate this accountability that I've been talking about uh, for how the conversation unfolded. Tell them that you're not happy with how you handled the situation yourself and talk about how you want to be handling these situations. Explain that you're actively working on how to handle these things. And if an apology is appropriate, you should absolutely give an apology as well. Imagine a scenario Here's a scenario. Imagine where a team member came to you with a problem on a particular job and you became very frustrated. The other person escalates and so do you. You're not able to regulate your emotions. You don't walk away. 
in the moment or you don't focus on breathing and using conscious thinking, like I mentioned in the last episode, you both get heated and say things that you regret and the relationship may have been damaged. You've waited until emotions are stable and things have calmed. Here's what a repair could look like. I'll give you an example. It could be, hey, Fred, mate, could we have a chat about our interaction yesterday or earlier today? I think it's important for us to address how that went and how things unfolded. Honestly, I'm not proud of my response and how I handled the situation. I let my frustration get the better of me and I said some things that were not a reflection of the respect and the appreciation that I have for your contributions to our team. I acknowledging my outburst was not productive. I genuinely want to make amends and work towards improving our working relationship. So moving forward, I'm committed to better managing my emotions and my reactions or, and my responses and communicating with you in a much more respectful and constructive way. Your input and your perspective are really valuable to me and I don't want to cre- and, and I want to create an environment where we can address our concerns openly and find solutions together. So I'd like to apologize if there's anything you'd like to share with me or any specific steps that you believe could help repair and strengthen our connection, mate, I'm all ears. Okay, so there's just an example. It might be a little bit drawn out for some, but that's okay. All we need to be doing is taking it taking accountability for our part in the situation, why we're not happy with how it unfolded and and acknowledging your specific actions that weren't okay. Um, Again, providing an apology if it wasn't, um, if it was, if, if it was warranted and painting a picture as to what you want those interactions to look like and then inviting the other person to to offer up their thoughts as well and create a space for them to perhaps even do the same thing that you just did. So that's a really simple way to do that. So by engaging in conversations like this, you start to demonstrate that you're willing to confront the issue, which is important, but also take accountability for your actions and to actively work towards rebuilding trust and improving the dynamics in a in a refined and and respectful manner this uh, the essential thing then though and this is probably the most important point because it's quite easy to do what i just explained and we should always do that but the most important thing to remember is that i have made a commitment to my team member that I am going to work on my responses and work on my emotional regulation and and keeping control of my emotions. I just verbally committed to that. Now, if I don't follow through with that, an apology without a changed behavior means nothing. It means nothing. And the more that you make commitments to change positively and you keep demonstrating the same patterns of behavior, then the other person learns that there's no truth to your words and that starts to internalise in that person 
And once that's internalized, that you are a person of low trust and low integrity, that's the situation where you may not, you may not pull that back. So remember, an apology without changed behavior is worthless. But if you show integrity in this way and you actually work to positive change and when you've reflected on situations, you critique yourself, you're transparent and open with your team about the changes you're making and the things you're working on and you actually demonstrate improvement and change, you will start to repair and strengthen some some of these strained relationships or, or situations that may have escalated. And if you don't do this though, you will eventually erode to a very toxic, these, these relationships will erode to a toxic state and all respect and trust will be lost. But if you do, you will really build strong relationships within your team. So re- rupture and repair, like I said, it is the critical part of following up these tricky conversations. I would also say it's not so much a rupture and repair, but if you've had situations that went well, um, every now and again, you might just check in with that person and say, hey, we are really killing it, Fred. The last few problems that have come up, we've, we've really handled really well. High five, you know, like celebrate those wins as well. So uh, that's important in, uh, in terms of maintaining good morale and forming close connections with our teams because the more and more we talk about some of these themes in this podcast, the more it becomes evident that what, what we're trying to do when we're leading people is not so much just following a set of steps. It's not like a technical process. What we're trying to do is form connections with people, form solid relationships with people, and process doesn't necessarily achieve that. That comes with, with demonstrating positive behaviours. Uh, and if we think back to those, to those foundations of leadership, really anchoring to those as well. So I hope you found some of that information useful. Again, I always encourage people to go off and do their own reading and research, listen to other podcasts and read books and all those sorts of things. There's a really good thing to do. Keep an open mind and and feed feed your mind with as, as much of this information as you can. Please don't hesitate to reach out either. Like I said before, you can get in touch with me through Facebook, um, growth, The Growth Project. Uh, you can message me through there, jason at growthproject.com.au. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'll put some links in the show notes. Uh, If you're interested in coming on, having a chat about any of these themes and you've got something to say, I'd love to hear from you. So stay well, everybody. Look after your teams, look after yourselves, and I'll chat to you next time. 